Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Hi, welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop Baseball, episode 10. I said I'd never do this again, and once again, I've gone back against my word. Um, couldn't manage to get a guest this week. Um, I approached a few people. Unfortunately, everyone was kind of busy this week, um, as I was too as well. Um, but I got a little bit of time on a Sunday afternoon. I normally do generic moments, and then they kind of work if it's a week, two weeks in time. But hey, I'm back to work on Monday, so I was like, I want to get this one out there. The original plan was only to do eight episodes. I was going to have four guests, them come on twice. That would be my eight episodes. Hey, I made it through nine episodes without having a repeat guest, so I think I did it pretty good. And if it's just me repeating, it is what it is. So, hey, I had a few things that I did want to talk about and I wanted to share, so I was like, hey, let's do this. Um, starting off with good cop moments. Um, I went to the Frederick Keys on uh, Friday night, and that's actually going to be the JGB Sports review for episode 20. And um, I found this from the Baltimore Sun in January 2022. Now, the reason I looked this up was um, the Frederick Keys used to be an affiliate for the Orioles. Um, they aren't anymore. And I was kind of curious to find out a little bit more about what's going on. They're still, they still exist. Um, but what's the kind of the deal with this? So that's what I found out. Uh, Frederick Keys formed in around 1990 and with a high A affiliate of the Orioles until a reorganization by MLB in November 2020. This left each team with four affiliates and 42 other teams lost their major league association. So I'm going to stop right there straight away. This affected a lot of teams. And I remember this when this happened. This was announced in 2020. This is done times during COVID as well. So there was a lot of stadiums. I was like, man, I want to see that stadium. But it was like, it's going to close pretty soon. So... Um, I didn't get to a lot of the ones I wanted to, but suddenly a lot of those stadiums that existed, all those teams, were suddenly gone. Now, for somebody who collects baseball stadiums, that was kind of big. And for we've talked about multiple times on this show how independent independent baseball it, it is fun. Like, it's a cheap activity to go to. And if suddenly that's taken away from your town, um, that's tough. you got to find something to replace that. If that's the thing that you go to at the weekends and then suddenly that's taken away from you, that's kind of brutal. Um, no fault of the organizations at all. They were told they had to have four. So if you had five, boom, one's just gone straight away. So um, like I said, 42 other teams also lost their major league association. So kind of tough. The Keys continued to share an owner with two of the remaining Orioles affiliates, though. AAA Norfolk Tides and the AA Bowie Bay Sox. Um, in January, one of those was sold. Uh, Ken Young sold the Bowie and Frederick teams to attain sports and entertainment, uh, which is a local group. So the owner actually has the Bowie Bay Sox, who is still an affiliate, and the Frederick team that is not an affiliate anymore. Uh, but obviously they're working in Maryland and trying to keep baseball going. The Keys joined five other former affiliates as part of the newly formed MLB Draft League, which was designed to give amateur players a chance to showcase their abilities ahead of the MLB Draft. Along with the Williamsport Crosscutters, the West Virginia Power, the State College Spikes, and the Trenton Thunder, and the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. And actually, I've been to all of those stadiums. I haven't seen a game at State College Spikes. Uh, as Mason and I were traveling up to Ohio one year, we did actually happen to go through. We toured the Penn State. Um, I think they have like a Hall of Fame. And we also did a stadium tour while we were there as well. But we couldn't get into the game. Um, I think it was late that night, and we had to travel and move along. Uh, seven keys were among the draft league's initial 39 draftees, with dozens of the other participants signed as undrafted free agents. We're not going to be able to say this guy is the number one prospect with the Orioles anymore, but we are able to say this guy is highly touted as a draft prospect, 
Klein said. Now we can look at it as having 30 affiliates because any of our guys could go to any organization. 47 players were drafted and 23 were assigned as unrestricted free agents in the 2022 draft. Those last numbers are me counting uh, as I went through the draft and tried to look for them. So they might not be 100% accurate. But I think that's kind of cool. Um, I think that was kind of the um, it's actually that kind of appealing to um, Jackson kind of liked the idea because he was like, whoa, one of those players could get signed by the New York Yankees. So rather than just being picked for the Orioles, which can be a little bit restrictive, they now have a chance to play for multiple teams. Uh, sometimes there's like blocks, like if you were... If you were suddenly behind like a Manny Machado when he was at Baltimore, that's tough. You might be a great player, but just not be able to move up to that next level. So this way, if you're a good player and there's a player above you in that league, you could perhaps go to one of the other 29 teams. And I think that gives them far more opportunities. So I like how MLB was part of this and uh, called this the MLB draft. Um, some of the key ones, uh, Nate Ochoa went to the Nationals in a sixth round pick, 171st pick. So we're not talking like super low on these either. These are still really good players if they're getting drafted quite as high as that. And uh, that was the top pick. Uh, Gerald Ortega uh, from the Keys was drafted 174th pick by the Twins. So some of those Frederick players, are, you can see there, did move on. Uh, I counted 10 Frederick players who were taken in the 2022 MLB first year player draft held in Los Angeles. And seven players from the 2021 team, Keys team were selected and three players from the 2022 uh, Keys team were selected as well. So obviously Frederick is still producing some great players. Uh, they get a chance to use this as like their developmental league and then they're getting to show their case, their talents um, later on and perhaps move to one of those affiliates that we uh, talked about earlier. The 2021 season had half the number of home dates after the split, but the average attendance dropped by no more than 200 fans. That, for me, was good as well. Um, I love going to the Frederick Keys. They have a lot of cool events. The boys have been to uh, Splash Day, I think, three times now. Um, just to pay your regular entrance fee. Um, they've been in, like, their swim shorts, stuff like that. Uh, they got water slides. They got they got so much stuff. The kids just get absolutely soaking, and they just dry in the sun. And they have a blast. And um, the event we went to last week, um, there was three different promotions on on the same night, including fireworks, a giveaway, and a meet and greet with someone. So... Um, they're obviously still doing well. Obviously, it hasn't bothered the fans at all. Uh, quote, the fact that people continue to support us despite all the challenges that they may have been facing this year or the past two years at this point really meant a lot to us. Uh, that was from the owner. And yeah, absolutely. The town's still been really supportive. Um, I think the game we went to, I think it said the final um, attendance was 6,300. Um, I think it said the average attendance was about 4,800. So they're doing pretty good numbers. Uh, but with a year in the draft league complete and another season to begin in June, remember this article is from January 2022, Klein believes the keys are positioned well for the future and an eventual return to affiliated baseball with the Orioles or some other team. Klein said that what cost the keys their affiliation was likely their ballpark. Team ownership and the city are looking into renovating Harry Grove Stadium or building a new venue at another site, he said. To get from the clubhouse to the field, the players and coach, coach, coach sorry, must cross the concourse a design that would be replaced with an under-stadium tunnels with dugout access. If you got some someone that a major league team has invested millions of dollars in, you don't want necessarily to be putting them right in the middle of the fans if they don't want to be there, Klein said. Now, for me, that's one of the joys of actually going to Frederick. Like they do, the players constantly have to keep walking up the steps, and you got kids either side, and um, at the end of the game, players walk up to leave the field. They're signing autographs, they're giving high fives. I think that's why there's so many people go to those games. You really do get a connection between the fans and also the players. So I understand what they're saying, but I think it's a really unique feature, and it's actually one that I think actually works really well, and I think that'd be a shame if that was changed. 
Any such upgrades would also include adding indoor batting cages, as well as general wear and tear upkeep for the playing surface and stadium lights. Given the scale of the changes needed, the keys are likely years away from a completed project. As I said, I think it's a fun stadium. Um, you feel close to the action. I'm not sure what the capacity is, uh, but I think it's right for the type of baseball that they're actually playing. Uh, for my speed check, I got a couple of things. Uh, Shohei Atani always seems to make records, and we also see also see the Angels losing. Um, this is not a good cop moment, but I did see an example of that this week. Is I think it was the first time in Major League history a team had hit seven solo home runs in a game and lost. And that's what happened. They lost eight to seven to I don't remember who it was. Anyway, this that is Shohei Atani was the only player in the last hundred years to have ten wins and ten home runs in the same season. His current record is ten and seven. And he has 25 home runs as of August 10th when I first wrote down this stat. So when I saw this, I had to look back. I was like, oh, I knew Babe Ruth was the other person, so I went back to look. Uh, Babe Ruth did this in 1918. He went 13-7 and seven with 11 home runs for the Boston Red Sox. So that was the last person to do it. Um, it's still August. Shohei has time to extend that record. So he might well end up with the same number of wins as Babe Ruth or possibly even more. Um, technically not a good cop, a good cop moment, but it was funny, so I included this. Rodolfo Castro of the Diamondbacks lost his phone while sliding into third base. Now, if I remember correctly, it was a head-first slide, because I watched the clip a few times, and you can see the pocket sliding out of his back pocket and then onto the ground. And actually, the ump pointed it out to him. He's like, oh, your phone. Now, I don't think you're supposed to have a phone, actually. I think the rules are you're not supposed to have social media and things like that and access to that type of thing during the game. So he might actually turn out to be in a bit of bit trouble for this one. Uh, we'll have to see from this. Uh, the quote on um, Facebook won this for me. Uh, Richard Brookshire put, he lost his phone and still missed fewer calls than Angel Hernandez, which I thought was uh, particularly funny. All right, bad cop. Now, with the World Baseball Classic, I've started to follow their Facebook page now because it's something I'm really looking forward to. I mentioned a few of the players who are going to be joining. Um, but the bad cop moment was, I thought, one of the takes from, uh, I think he's one of the admins on there, J.P. Michaels. Quote, I do not want Bryce Harper on Team USA. He had a chance to play for his country in 2017 and said he would play only if the best players showed up. First of all, wearing USA across your chest is the only reason someone should need to represent the US in the World Baseball Classic. Secondly, who the hell is he to decide who the best players are? He opted out of playing in 2017 because the best players apparently didn't show up. And what happened? They won it all. They did it without Harper, just like the Nationals did when they won the World Series. Last September against the Braves with a division on the line, Harper went 1-for-11 with zero RBIs and the Phillies were swept and the season was over. The next day after the season ended, Harper got three hits. Go to spring training, Bryce. We don't need you. In fact, if history has taught your teams anything, they are better off without you. Okay, well, a couple of bad cop moments. First of all, Bryce, I didn't realize Bryce was struggling that badly in some of those, some of those key games. Uh, small sample size, but yeah, bad moment for Bryce that he hasn't been able to perform to the level that we know he's at. Um, geez, it's five years ago. Like, give it a break. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Um, if you get a chance to get Bryce Harper on your team, I, I say you go with it. Um, I know he's recovering right now from, uh, I'm not sure if he's had his surgery or not, uh, but he was certainly injured for a little bit. Um he was in his mid twenties. Um, I think he's about thirty now. I, I say you. I think people change, and um, yeah, I think if other people are not playing though as well, you can kind of see his motivation. Like 
well, if the other players aren't playing as well, why why should I play? Like, what's the deal going on here? Like, why are people not backing? So I, I'm going to go with Bryce on this one. I, I, I can see what the person's saying, but I, I just think if you have a chance to have Bryce on your team, you take it. And so far, some of the players who've announced, Mike Trout's going to be the captain. I saw Goldschmidt was going to be on first base as well. Uh, there was one other player who I saw whose name I can't bring to mind right now as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I think you put out the best team. Kind of make it like the dream team for, for basketball. Like the 92 Olympics still kind of sticks out for me. And uh, some of the later versions of that, perhaps not as much. But no, I think if you have a chance to put a really strong team out there for that event, you go with it. And I think somebody now who's a little bit older, I think you'll probably appreciate it a little bit more. Um, so that, that was my main bad cop moment. Uh, for my speed check moment, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci was presented with an honorary Hutch Award on Tuesday night prior to the Seattle Mariners game against the New York Yankees. Uh, the Hutch Award has been awarded by the Fred Hutchison Cancer Research Center based in Seattle and typically to a Major League Baseball player who best exemplifies the determined spirit of the late Fred Hutchison. Uh, that's a pitcher and manager who died of cancer in 1964 at age 45. Uh, Fauci is the second person to be given an honorary Hutch Award, along with former President Jimmy Carter in 2016. Now, his 2020 ceremonial first pitch at the Nationals is definitely a bad cop moment. It wasn't even close. Sometimes the catcher can kind of drag it back in and make an effort to get it. It, it wasn't within a few feet of him. That's a definite bad cop moment. Now, his 2020 pitch was good, uh, but his announcement was met with a lot of booze from the YouTube videos that I saw. Um, bad cop moment right there straight away. Um, now, despite the um, the AP's claim, uh, the Associated Press's claim, Fauci was greeted by mostly cheers from the Seattle crowd with some boos mixed in. Now, that's not what I saw from the YouTube videos or from the videos I saw on Twitter. I saw a lot more, or heard a lot more boos than I heard cheers. So bad cop for the crowd for doing this. Uh, one particular comment that was uh, noted that you could hear as well was, you're going to miss this like you missed the pandemic, loser. Now, booing someone who has served as the American public health sector, has served the American public health sector in various capacities for more than 50 years, and has acted as an advisor to every U.S. president since Ronald Reagan, and he gets booed? I think it's pathetic. Um, I don't like to see politics coming into baseball with things like this, but um, too many people were booing. Um, I, I can understand if you got one or two nuts who were a little unhappy, but that was a big crowd out there. And I'm kind of surprised as well. I think it said it was in Seattle as well. Uh, Seattle is generally considered pretty liberal. Uh, it makes me wonder then if it would have been in perhaps one of the red states how much more of booing he would have actually got for this, but I'm not happy with that at all. Um, no fan cop moments this week because I didn't have a guest, so I didn't manage to put out a tweet for this. But I do have an open agenda. And there's also no devil's advocate as well, obviously, this week because it's just me. Um, open agenda. I want to talk about mobile tickets. Now, I like the idea. I, I think before, if you had a physical ticket and then you could easily lose that, that could be a problem. Having it when you know it's on your phone, you're not really likely to use your phone as much, lose your phone as much, so I think that that's a good idea. Um, it saves having to print out if you don't have a printer, which always used to be a problem as well. However, I had a couple of problems with mobile phone tickets recently. Um, the first instant came at um, Delmarva Shorebirds game that I went to with Jackson. We'd driven two and a half hours to try and get Ryan uh, Mountcastle bobbleheads. Uh, they're only given to the first thousand. We got there and about an hour and 10 minutes before game started, about 10 minutes before the doors opened, 
And as we pulled in, we were like, we have no chance of getting a bobblehead here. Like, there's so many people. Like, the, the, the entrance, it just snaked around. And we're like, we're in big trouble here. As we got into the line, we did realize the main line was actually for the lower level. And we were actually on the upper level. And we saw the line for that one, and it wasn't as much. So we're like, oh, we might be okay here. We're probably going to be good. As we got to the front and we tried to scan our tickets, it didn't scan. And the lady's like, yeah, you can't come in if it doesn't scan. I was like, well, that's, you can see I have a ticket. What, what are you going to do about it? Like, this sounds like a you problem rather than a me problem. I have a ticket. The fact that your reader cannot read my ticket is not my problem. That's something that you got to deal with. Um, I did ask the guy with the bobbleheads. I was like, hey, look, you can see we've got four tickets here. We've got a bit of a problem. Can you, like, hold us four? And the guy's like, nah, I can't do that. Like, but you know we were in the first thousand. It's supposed to go to the first one thousand. Um, he wouldn't do that. Um, finally, another person came along and said, what's the problem? And the lady explained, like, I can't see the tickets. So we tried to turn up the, the brightness. It was at maximum brightness, and they still couldn't scan it. And he's like, I'll, I'll go deal with it. And I was like, look, your boss, like, somebody who's clearly above these two people, I was like, he said, look, look we got the tickets. Can you save them? And the guy, once again, refused to do it. Anyway, they came back later. Um, I think what he had to do was he took our name, he took our details, printed them out, brought them back up, and at that point he said, look, you're good. And at that point they would give us the four uh, bobbleheads, and in the end we were okay. There was probably about 50 left at that point. But having travelled two and a half hours, if we'd have missed out on something like that, for something that wasn't our fault, I would have been a little bit upset. Um, a lot of people were selling those bobbleheads immediately, and the prices on eBay were there were for like $40. Um, I guess Orioles fans who couldn't make the game uh, perhaps don't live near Delmarva, who wanted them, they were prepared to pay that and then pay for the shipping, etc., etc. So potentially, not that we went there to make a profit on them. We had four. Everybody got one. There was no age restriction on this, which is unusual as well, I find. Um, we had four bobbleheads. Potentially, that's $160. That's, that's a big chunk of change. As it is, I'm going to put one in my classroom. I think my wife will put one in her classroom. My son's got one in his room right now, and the other one will probably just give to somebody who's an Orioles fan. Uh, but something that caused a lot of trouble at the start, and it wasn't just us. The next person, well, not the next person in line, but a few people further in the line had the same issue. And the person at the, uh, who was checking out was just so totally dismissive. Yeah, I can't read your ticket. Okay, um, I think you need to work on your people skills a little bit better for that. Um, at least say, okay, could you stand to the side, please? Hey, sir, can you, um, and then call the boss over again, like, hey, look, can you check this out? But just nothing, just totally dismissive. So I wasn't happy with that. And the second time it happened was at that Frederick Keys game. Um, on this one, the, I thought the tickets were actually much better. Um, I, kn I knew at the Dalmarv one, it did come out kind of dark, and it wasn't easy to see. Whereas on this one, it, it was perfectly clear. Um, when they went to scan it, same thing, didn't happen. This one, just um, she could see the ticket, she checked all three, she just asked me what my name was, wrote my name down on a piece of paper, I got straight in. No problem at all. And this was also one that had promotions. This one had... Um, it had a... Um, a Hawaiian shirt giveaway, and it was also a meet and greet with uh, wrestler Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which was something that was really important for me. That's, I wanted to go to that. So this was dealt with quickly. I joined the line for that, and um, yeah, we were one of the first few people in line, so we didn't have to wait too long for that meet and greet. But it just shows me the difference. They obviously knew that, what the, that there are issues with things like this. They had a piece of paper ready. They had a procedure, wrote down the names, all was taken care of. But yeah, the fact I've had this happen to me a couple of times in the last month, it's making me a little bit wary of things like this. Um, if ever possible, I think going forward, I might just actually just print out the tickets ahead of time. And then I don't have any of those issues. But something that needs addressing. Um, it, and once again, actually, I think it happened. I think the person behind me had the same thing. You could hear them. They're like, oh, it's not scanning again. Um, 
yeah, something that needs to be improved upon. But in general, I think it's a good idea. It's only good for the environment as well. If you're not printing stuff out, if you can just show on your phone, that's probably going to be uh, that's probably going to be more environmentally friendly. I, I'm I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Um, like I said, no devil's advocate this week. Um, I said I wasn't going to talk, but I was like, hey, I'm, I think I'm okay. I, I got my moments I want to talk about. I'm watching enough baseball right now, particularly with having Sling TV, um, that I think I'm going to have enough moments. Um, next week's guest, I can definitely announce uh, Chad from View from the Top Rope, uh, one of our bosses at uh, Visionaries Global Media. Uh, we're penciled in to talk on Saturday, I think it is. So next week's guest will have Chad. I got two more people who said they'll come on. I'm hoping I can uh, we can find times for those. And um, yeah, right now I'm not quite sure what the finish date is. It was supposed to be eight episodes. I am going back to school um, tomorrow as I'm recording. This is Sunday night, and uh, no kids though next week. Uh, but the following week there will be. So we'll we'll have to see how busy it gets. Um, Mason's playing golf right now as well, which is kind of a little bit time intensive as well. Uh, so we'll see. I'd like to make it through to the World Series, but it might not happen. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, that's it for me this week. Boom.